Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Could we stand together? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to touch us tonight through his word. Thank you for being here. I saw the Smiths come in, and let's give them a hand. We're so glad to see them back in Jonesboro. Awesome. And uh, we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. Has God been good to you? Have you been blessed? You need to give him praise for it. He's worthy. Now, uh, we're going to uh, have to... Brother French, are you still out there? We've got a chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, let's, we'll read one passage. Tonight, our Bible lesson is entitled, To Be Like Jesus. Can you say that with me? To be like Jesus. Praise the Lord. Could we all just, just say it one time? To be like Jesus. Praise God. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. We're going to read the whole verse. If you have it, it's not, uh, it's not going to come up even though a portion of it is there. But this will be our starting text. Let's, can we read it together? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Could you say amen? Praise God. Let's thank you one more time, shall we, before we're seated. Lord, we thank you for the word tonight. Ask you to speak to our hearts, and may we receive it, Lord, as this holiday season is upon us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Now, <clears throat> all right. So Jesus was... Two facts in seven scriptures. Two, uh, two facts are, beginning with number one, Jesus was the human manifestation of the one God. Does anybody believe that Jesus was God? God was with us, Matthew one twenty three. Can you say that with me? God with us. Now, the scripture we just read, 1 Timothy 3.16, said God was manifest in the flesh, and then he was seen of angels and so forth. That, of course, is referring to Jesus. Number two, Jesus was the most amazing person in human history. So God became a man and was the most amazing person in human history. And so it is. The devil hates him, has fought his kingdom all along, but he, the devil's a liar. And God is good. Uh, John 7 in the ESV, I've chosen the ESV here to simplify it. No one ever spoke like this man. Something about him. Anybody glad you know who he is tonight? Nobody ever was like him. No one ever spoke like this man. Of course, we're not jumping into the text of John 7. We're going to look at a couple more scriptures here now. Look in the, can you see, uh, see if you can, can you see this okay right here? Are we all right? John 10, John 14, here we go. And John 7, we're going to look at these two scriptures. Many, Jesus said, 
Many good works have I showed you from my father. Okay? John 10:32. Many good works. Now you notice that down here I've taken verse 32 out. We're going to read this. Many good works have I showed you from my father. Praise the Lord. So all these people that think there's a bunch of gods and they're in the Godhead, there's only one God. They're just one God. Hallelujah. Many good works have I showed you from my father. So, and so it is true. What I'm trying to show you is that Jesus demonstrated that it was the father that was working in him. If there were three identical gods, by the way, how many knows that there would be no need to have three identical gods? Right. OK, I'm just trying to be fair here. It would. I mean, what possible reason? Let's say you had an all powerful God. Would you need another all powerful God? No, you wouldn't even need it. And of course, there, it, there's no such thing. But the one God came as man. And therefore, Jesus is the human manifestation of the father, which is what we just said or of God, which we just said. Many good works I have showed you from where? From my Father, now verse 14, I mean 10 of verse 14, <laughs> verse 10 of chapter 14, the father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. All right, so we're right here. So who's doing the work in Jesus? Is it a second person of God? Is it another God? No, it's the father himself that's doing the work in Jesus. So it's God as man. God, he is both God and man at the same time. Let's clap our hands and thank him for what he's done by coming to us in the form of Jesus Christ. The father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, I've talked to many Trinitarian friends about this because it's a, it's a constant thorn in their flesh that it was not the second person. Are you listening to me? It was not the second person of the Godhead that was in Jesus. It was the father that was in Jesus. And that's why the man Christ Jesus was the human manifestation of the father. All right, so we, there we are. Now let's go to, to verse 29. So we're staying, now jumping back to verse uh, back to chapter 10. So we were here. Many good works have I showed you from my father. All right. Now we're jumping to verse 29. My father is greater than all. So there's nobody greater than the father. How many can see that? My father is greater than all. Then he makes the claim. I put it in another color. Of course, you see the ellipses. I haven't put every single word because I wanted to get it in this little spot here. My father is greater than all, all right, which is just say it another way. There's nobody greater. He is the greatest of all things. He's the, he's the, he's the mighty God. He's the creator. He's the everlasting father. How many are thankful for an everlasting father that never, never fails? Someone said, oh, he's, he, Jesus, God has never failed me yet. Praise God. How many are thankful that he's with you no matter what? Hallelujah. I walk in this dark world and I think, thank you, Jesus. I know who you are. Thank you, God. You made me and I give you praise. So he said, I and so my father is greater than all. And then the ellipsis here, I and my father are two. See, he's trying to tell us that there's two. No, no just kidding. Uh, I and my father are what? One. Then, everybody say then. 
The Jews got all upset. They took up stones again to stone him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not. We're not stoning you because you're telling us about God. We're stoning you because of blasphemy, because that thou being a man makest thyself God. They understood exactly what he was saying. You, you need to try not to get too excited here. All right? So he knew exact, they knew exactly what he meant. You are making yourself God. Good Trinitarian friend not too long, long ago said, see right there, he's making himself another God. I said, yeah, but unfortunately he never said another God. That's what you needed to say. But it doesn't say he made himself another God. It said he made himself God. They knew exactly who he was claiming to be. The Father's in him. To say that itself, just to say the Father is in me was to say that he was God. But he makes it all, all together clearly. Could we just lift our hands and thank God for a revelation? Pray that God will send a revelation to many, many hearts and lives. I believe there are many sincere people looking for answers. We don't need to run and hide from it. We don't need to be ashamed of the truth. Seven, two facts and seven scriptures. To be like Jesus. Everyone say to be like Jesus. The song was written about 100 years ago by, um, uh, oh, oh, my goodness. Was it Cliburn Booth Cliburn who said to, uh, to all through life's journey from earth to glory, I only want to be like him. Remember that old song? Praise. I'll sing it. I mean, if you really want me to, I'll sing it. Hallelujah. No, <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that song. To be like Jesus. All right, now let's go on. It's going to be a little hard to see. Now, I'm sorry that I didn't make it clear. I thought I was really doing something. I thought I'm going to say this because I want to talk about being like the Lord and how special he is. And uh, then it wasn't clear enough because the picture in the background is an actual, you know, photo, obviously, of of the uh, footprints in the sand. And that's a famous analogy of the Lord. And so in the great poem, Footprints in the Sand. But when I put the text over it, it's, it's a little hard to see. So just forgive me for that. Now, so here we are looking at two facts and four scriptures. Jesus was a genuine man. Everyone say a man. Even though he was God, he was a genuine man. And what I mean by that devil is that when he was tempted, it was real temptation. When you came after him, he didn't win because he was God. He won because he stood ground. He did what he had to do. He would not bite into that apple. He refused to be tempted and drawn into your nonsense. That's what I mean by that. He was a real man. He was a genuine human being. Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't God, though. And, of course, then the, really the story just begins. We're not here trying to study the Godhead. It sounds like we are. But uh, what I'm saying is that the way God united himself with humanity ended up with God not changing. And yet he became a man. Now, I have a lot of Trinitarian friends that say, well, you can't answer that. You can't answer how, how he could do that. I mean, it's not possible he could do that. The only way he could do it is that it was a trinity. I said, well, you are a Trinitarian yourself, and you haven't figured it out. If you can tell me how God arranged to become a man, you're the smartest man in human history. I said, you can't even tell me why roses are red. So we're not going to get too deep into this. But I tell you right now, and I, I'm saying it to the, to the imps in hell that would love, that are all over the place thinking they can stop the people of God. Jesus was God in the flesh. 
God took on human form, and in that form, he was able to conquer the devil. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to Hebrews. As you can see, I'm going to verse 14 first, and then I'm going to go a little bit of it, and then we're going to go to verse 16. For as much then, and we're in the black type, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. So in other words, now what you're going to have to do, now stay with me. If you can, please, 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 I know you had a lot of turkey, but I need you to try to stay awake here. Now here's what we're going to do. So this one you see, we're taking this Greek word, metesken, and that's this one. And notice they're both red. How many can see they're both red? Okay, okay, good. I heard one person. I'll take that as a yes. All right. Uh, they part, he, he took, partook of the same. That's Matescan. Then we have uh, Epilamvanatai, which comes with this one. How many sees this one's green? Okay. I heard three people, so we're getting stronger. I, the Holy Ghost is moving. All right, and then you, uh, we come down here, and this one's yellow, and we have a ginata, and so we're looking at three words. The point of these three Greek words is not to say we got three Greek words. Well, we got three Greek No, the point of these three words is a very powerful. In fact, recently I was invited to speak to a group of Trinitarians, and I said, you know, here's, here's what you've got to grasp, is that the Bible isn't fooling around and trying to make us to tell the Jews for 4,000 years that he's one, and then, whoop, oh, big surprise, I'm really not one. I'm really three but oh, oh man I'm really doing good over here no 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 God never changed he's still God he's still as powerful as he ever was he has not turned his back on the truth by the way by the way oh oh Jesus I don't we I don't want to I don't want to say here but I'm going to <laughs> if the Lord said he was one but he wasn't that wouldn't be fair Neither would it be honest. And God can't lie. But let's say that we could get out of that and he didn't, uh, there was no falsehood involved. And, and then, you know, they try everything in the world to say, well, he was one, he wasn't one. He, 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 really, he really is one, but he's the only one in this certain way. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we got through all that. Now we have to ask ourselves, why would he do that? Why would he hide himself all those years? If he was really something else, why didn't he just say, this is what I really am? Why, would he, why was he going through all this supposed contortions? It's, he didn't, and that, of course, is the point. He told the truth, he revealed himself accurately, and the Jews understood it. That's why he was crucified. They knew what he was saying. As much as we are partakers, everyone say partakers, in other words, we're humans. We're partakers of humanity. I'm a human being. Thank God. Thank God. He also himself did what? Partook of the same. Matuskin. Uh, share in or have a part in. So what he did, he, 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 took his, he took his divinity and he found a way to unite his divinity. Now I could talk about this forever, but we're going to move past it. But he found a way to unite himself, his divinity, with humanity and was born in a manger. That's what he did. That's what he did. I don't need any awards. I'm just telling you that's what he did. Save your applause. He partook. A recent friend who's very, very much a Trinitarian. In fact, he, for one time, he didn't even know if I was saved. Not because I believed in the oneness, but because I used to be a Trinitarian. And he said, well, that's, oh, oh you can't. Oh, oh, my goodness. How would you, you've rejected the, oh. He was so worried about me. I said, that's so kind of you to be so concerned. 
so precious. Are you, what are, you, are you worried about uh, my theology? Maybe I've been, I've been filled with the devil or something, something like that. I've just given up the, my mind or what, what, you know. Well, no, I know you're not possessed, but, but you must be deluded or something because you've given up on the, on the doctrine. I said, okay, let's be very clear here. Or I don't want you to doubt any, any of it. I used to be a Trinitarian, but I wouldn't be again. I received a revelation of the word of God. And I'm going to follow that. Jesus is not a part of God or something like that. He is God because God found a way. I, I, should, I, I told myself I'd quit saying it that way, but I'm, I did it already. So I, what I mean when I say he found a way, if, I don't mean by that he, he was struggling and he finally found the way. I don't mean that. I mean that God, <laughs> it's more like an idiom. I just mean that God was, knew exactly what to do. And it gave the devil, you, you know, you think the devil can get the flu or uh, whatever? Probably not. But it, I'm just wondering, you know, whatever the devil gets when he is as nervous as a, uh, I mean, when the devil is really just about out of here, out of there, that's what happened to the devil when he realized that God had a plan that included him becoming a man. Oh, I want to tell you, devil, you're a liar and you're a defeated foe. We serve a God that is able and bigger. Praise God. So he partook of the same. He was able. But now listen, when you, I'm saying that for two reasons. But here's the, here's the second. He didn't, it doesn't mean when it says God became a man. All right. How many C's in the middle here? Stay with me. I know this is taking some time. I want to hurry on. But uh, here's the scripture I refer to. John one and one. Everyone knows how, how many can quote John one and one. Here we go. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. OK. That's the scripture we started with, although uh, I've only put here the part I want. All my Trinitarian friends want the part that says the word was with God. See? And then they think maybe that might help them to believe that uh, somebody was with God. And I said, well, yeah, but he says nobody's with him. So we have a, that's a serious uh, little obstacle there. Nobody was with him. Well, yeah, but it says here he was. No, it says the word was with God. You're trying to uh, you're trying to make out like there's a bunch of bunch of gods here or the two or three, whatever it is. But 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 we don't have to do that. The fact of the matter is God expressed himself in his word. And just like my word is with me and so on and so forth. They're going to say, praise the Lord. All right. So the word was with God and the what the word. See what they needed to say is the word was with God and and the word was in the Godhead. See, they wanted to say the word was, was a part of God. It was in God, but he wasn't part of God. He's everything. He's the almighty, hallelujah. He's the everlasting father. He's both, he's both king and prince. Anyway, that's, that's, that's something else. See, we're trying to stick here. You've got you to gotta stick to it, folks. You can't just be going all over the place. Here we go. So here's, uh, he partook of humanity. And then verse 16, for verily, 
truly, that is, he took not on him, that is, take to oneself, the nature of angels. Someone said, well, how do you get that Jesus took on, the, on human nature? Well, the Bible. I, I get it from the Bible. So I say, well, where did you get this word Trinity that I have to believe or maybe I'm some horrible person or something? He did not take on the nature. Everyone say the nature. Is that in the Bible? Is that? I mean, I know it's up here. I put I typed that a few minutes ago. But is, is that in your Bible? Has anybody got a Bible? We do have a few Bibles, right? All right. Someone tell me, is that, I want to know if that's in the Bible right there. He did not take on him the nature of angels. Now, notice he switches the word, but he took on him the what? The seed. In other words, oh, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God. This means, of course, that not only did he have the nature that is human nature, but it came through humanity. So this gets rid of divine flesh and all of the nonsense that says Jesus might have been a man, but he wasn't born of Mary. He was born of Mary. God found a way. It was a marvelous miracle. He united himself in the womb of Mary. So how many see that's two different words? He's trying to say he didn't take on the nature of angels, but the nature of men, and he did. Then he changes the word to seed. But he took on in the seed of Abraham, and that's an entire study. And I, I, I'm bringing it up because I wanted to, and it proves, of course, that if he's of the seed of Abraham, Romans 1 and 3 says he's the seed of David, that means he's from their lineage. Is anybody listening to me? He can't have come from Mars if he's from the loins of David. And the divine flesh says he couldn't be. And they mean well because they're trying to say Jesus, if he was actually had human DNA, he would be sinful. Which, of course, is false. But that's what they're worried about, that if he had uh, flesh is sinful. And so Jesus couldn't have really been real flesh. He had to be divine flesh, which, of course, is no such thing. No such thing as divine flesh. And by the way, had he been divine flesh, he couldn't have paid a price for me and you. If he was from Mars, no Mars, people on Mars don't qualify. If we're going to have a savior, they can't be from Mars. Anybody follow me here? They can't be from Jupiter. They can't be from uh, somewhere. All right, anywhere else. Has to be come to earth, take on human nature through the seed of Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. Let's praise him a little bit longer. Hallelujah. He took it on himself. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. All right, now, now we're back here. I was gonna, I, I had to get off of this real quick because I, I needed to get back there. The word was God. I would say the word was God. So that's the answer right there. The word was God. Just pure and simple. The word was God. Not part of God in God. Not in a trinity. That's not what it says. All right. And you may think it means that, but that's not what it says. The word was God and the word. I would say the word was made flesh. Now, the reason I'm, the reason I'm using all this roundabout way 
is to demonstrate to you that God became a man. That's what it means to become flesh. He didn't just become a hunk of flesh laying over on the ground. He was a living and breathing baby in a womb that developed and even even grew up as a child and all the other things that he did. He became a man or a boy or a human being or whichever term you want to use. Sometimes we say flesh and blood. We don't mean that all. How many knows that we're more than flesh and blood? We're more than just blood and flesh. The term has been used from ancient times to mean a human being. We also have uh, we also have bones and anybody following here. I mean, I wouldn't want to just be flesh and blood. No hair, no eyeballs, no anything else. Um, well, <laughs> I'm sorry about the hair comment. I didn't mean that. Um, I didn't really mean to bring that up. Um, what I meant was, since Rich helped me out of this, I meant, um, I meant, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mind being bald. Um, I guess I've never thought about it. Uh, what I really meant to say is, we're we're a composite of many things in our human bodies that are not just flesh. The point is not that he's talking about the hunk of flesh. He's talking about being a human being. If you have blood flowing through your body, you're a living, breathing human being. And God, hallelujah. Oh, I want to, I could go, we could go on forever because this is the most glorious truth in all the world. We, he, he was rich. Everyone say, he was rich. Hallelujah. Yet he became poor. See, we could go on, but we're not going to. All right. So the word aginata here was made is aginata means to to exist or to become or to be it's just the word be or to exist in this case he was brought into existence or made flesh so jesus is number two remember two facts and four scriptures jesus is now therefore because of all these things because he is God, because he conquered Satan, because he died for our sins and all of the other things that we just sort of hit on, he is our ultimate example. For even here in two, now reading this scripture here in First Peter, for even here in two were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his Steps And here we are now at our Bible lesson to be like Jesus. Anybody want to be like Jesus tonight? So let's look at some ways. I haven't counted them, but it's not a lot. I'm not going to look at the time. Don't, I, no, I refuse. I'm not going to look at the time. I don't have a watch anyway. Um, so it is that we are to follow his steps. And so we're going to look at a few things. I want you to stay with me and we're going to look at some ways because we're going to make December all about Jesus. It's all about his birth. It's all about his will. It's all about his church. Not, we could talk about Paul. We could talk about a lot of wonderful things in theology. But December is about Jesus. It wouldn't say, thank you, Jesus. And so we're going to talk about him tonight. So leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And so it is the picture in the background. Now let's go to the next one. Here we go. All right, the next first one is Jesus was selfless and compassionate toward, toward others. I'm going to look at his compassion through this uh, statement here, the tears of Jesus. Everyone say tears, the tears, what caused there are three places in scripture. So I'm going to use it as a example, but really 
I guess you could say, a, a starting point for considering how Jesus was. Now, if you don't care about other people, you're not like Jesus. You're not like Jesus. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you gave a million dollars. You're not like Jesus. He nowhere says if you give a bunch of money, you're like Jesus. Although if you want to give a lot of money, I don't think he would mind. But my point is, that doesn't make you like Jesus. So when, when did Jesus weep? First of all, the people commented how he wept so openly in John 11 when Lazarus died. And noticeably, now I happen to know the Greek word there means you to weep silently. I just know that, folks. I know it. I teach Greek. All right, so I'm telling you that in John 11, the word for weep, and there's two words, the shortest verse in the Bible says what? Jesus wept, okay? That word wept means to weep silently. But I, I'm assuming the tears were rolling down his face, and, and it was a silent. That, that's what the word means. There are about four levels of weeping in Greek uh, nomenclature, and you can say they were weeping so loud you could, I, couldn't, I had to hold my ears kind of a thing. In fact, we're going to look at one in a moment. So the people commented how he wept, and they said, oh, how he loved him because Lazarus had died. So he, he wept over Lazarus. Number two, he wept over the city of Jerusalem in Luke 19. That's the, only, that's the second place where it, we are told of Jesus' tears. He wept over the city of Jerusalem and his own people. And, of course, that was because they were not listening and not being obedient. The lack of obedience. And so it is. Number three, we are told of his weeping. And this is the third one. I'm going to hurry on because there's several things we want to look at. Uh, so here we are at the third one. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was facing certain death for the sins of others and on behalf of me and you. And he prayed. All right. And here's what it says in Luke. And I'm reading from the New Living. See right there. Luke 22. Father, I'm leaving some out. Your will be done, not mine. That's not the best way to translate it, but you get the point. Father, your will be done, not mine. That's the human and the divine in one person, not two persons. There wasn't a human person and a divine person. It was God all in one person. He was human and divine. He took upon him. He took it upon him. It wasn't another person over there. Try to stay calm. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. This entire section is to tell us about Jesus weeping. Your will be done, not mine. <laughs> then an angel from heaven appeared. With this, this is what they were waiting for. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He surrendered totally his human will, his human self. And that's important, but uh, let's just leave it there. And then with that surrendering, an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. <laughs> an angel appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit. That's interesting that they've done it this way, but 
it's okay, but he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. He paid the price. This, by the way, was not fake. This was not, well, I'm God, but I got to act like I'm really in agony here. No, my friend, the point of all of this was to demonstrate that he paid the full price. Devil, you are a liar. You have no right to them. Let my people go. Hallelujah. The devil is a liar. How many of you know? Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, we got to keep going. This is also, oh, I love this. I just love it. Now, let's look at Psalm 26, verse 5. We're going to keep going. Those three places that he shed those tears. The Bible says, can you, can you see it well enough to say it with me? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I want to be like Jesus. Now, folks, I'm not saying you got to be weepy. You got to cry, be a crybaby. I'm not saying you got to shed tears every second. I'm saying Jesus wept when it was appropriate. And he cried over Jerusalem. He prayed for his people. He wept over death and, and over the agonies of others. But when he did, how many knows that great things took place? Because he was a man that knew how to touch the very throne of heaven. Praise God. How many knows Jesus prayed? How many knows Jesus prayed? In fact, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm actually going to talk. I thought we were going to skip this. I'm not skipping it. All right, here we go. Let's go to the next one. So we need to pray as Jesus prayed. Now, I want to be careful here. I don't mean to suggest that, that I think, <laughs> um, I don't mean to be uh, trite or, or uh that it's just, you know, oh, just praying like Jesus is just a simple matter. And, and, and I, I pray like Jesus, and, I'm, man, I'm just as great as Jesus. I don't mean that at all. I mean that our goal, see, when, when you hear the song, to be like Jesus, does anybody think that means that I'm going to be a God? I'm going to be just God himself? No, nobody means that when they say that. It means that I want to follow his example. I know he's the son of God. I know he died on the cross. I know he's all these things. But I want to be like him. I want to follow his pattern. And that's what we need to do in prayer. By the way, if you're not praying at all, you're not following his pattern. I just wanted to be sure you understand that. If you're hardly ever praying, you are not following his pattern at all. So you need to pray as Jesus. That's what I mean by that. As Jesus prayed. Pray, he prayed alone. I would say alone. He prayed in the presence of others. See, the devil tells people, well, I, I don't want to pray in other people. I, I, I just got to go in the closet and pray. I got to pray in the closet. It's because the Bible speaks of praying in the closet. It doesn't mean, oh, well, that's the only place you could ever pray is in the closet. Hey, what if the hurricane that comes in blows your closet away? Are you going to pray? I hope so. Now, if you're in the closet and the hurricane's coming, then you pray. I, I read of a couple that was in there praying, and they opened the door, and the house was gone. So thank God they were praying people. Hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah. You know what? We pray like Jesus because he's our example of prayer. Nobody prayed like Jesus. Nobody was like, nobody ever was like Jesus. So don't excuse yourself and say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not like Christ. If you're a Christian, that's what it means. You're gonna, I want to be like Jesus. He prayed alone. He prayed in the presence of others. He, he scheduled prayer regularly and often. And, and I was going to go through all this, but I'm not going to. So I'm just saying it. He scheduled prayer regularly and often. He had places of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he prayed inspiringly. I'm going to read this one for you. There's a bunch of these. I cut them all out. Just use this one example. And look at verse. Here we are. Verse uh, 1, Luke 11. It came to pass that as he was praying, everyone say praying, as he was praying in a certain place, which I'm not trying to make a case for that, but I'm going to go back. came to pass that as he was praying, when he ceased, how many can say that? When he ceased. When he got done praying, they heard him. How, how, how did they know he'd stop praying? They had to know it some way. There's, listen, I'm not trying to prove they heard him. I'm just telling you this is an example of it. So when he ceased praying, one of his disciples said, Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Hallelujah. Prayer ought to be such that it is when you pray like Jesus, it's going to have passion and power and devils are going to tremble. Praise God. By the way, this is what it means to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean to pray and, sh- and, and, and make your mouth quiver all the time and pray under your breath. How are you doing? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. No, that's not what it means. If you're doing that, you need a doctor. That's not what the Bible is telling you to just pray all the time, even when you're eating spaghetti. Now, that's going to be interesting. And you're sipping on the spaghetti, uh, what's that called, pasta? Uh, Sister Angie, I better turn this around. I'm not going to get much support. And so... Uh, and so you're sipping on the, I don't guess it's called sipping, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm really sipping on a limb here. Um, and you're getting that spaghetti up in there, but you're going to pray without ceasing. No, folks, I see that's just, it's just absolutely crazy. You say, why would you say it? Because I've known people that say, well, I, I should be praying right now. I should just be praying. No, you shouldn't be praying right now. You should be listening to your pastor. You should be listening to your pastor right now. And if you think every second, like a nervous wreck, you, uh, that God intended for you to sit around thinking, if I don't pray every second, then a refrigerator is going to land on my head. The devil's got you bound even in your prayers. Praying without ceasing is what Jesus did all the time, same place. You can't even walk by that room. You can't even see that door without thinking, oh, I want to get in there. Oh, I want to pray like Jesus. I want to get in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And all, my, all my Trinitarian friends are like, well, how, how, how could Jesus pray? How if he's God? Oh, I said, well, I thought you believed he was God. Well, I do. Well, how, do you, how does he pray in, in your theology? Well, he prays to the other person. Oh, that's great. So you've got one God praying to another God. Is that what we're doing here? Is that what you're so excited about? 
that one God needed to pray? Why would one God even need to pray to one? It, it isn't. But listen, listen. Jesus prayed because he was a perfect man. No perfect man could ever live without prayer. Every minute of his existence brought him back into prayer, seeking God in his humanity as an example, just like when they walked in the waters and said, lead me to the water to be baptized. And John said, I can't, be I can't baptize you. You will baptize me. Oh, I can't baptize you. All right, let's keep going. Um, all right, let's, uh, we, not much more. Uh, don't say amen. Don't say hallelujah yet. Not much more. Here we go. So Jesus proclaimed the truth and stood against false doctrine. So it is that we must do so. Many people think that Jesus has a very limp hand like this, and he stands at a door, and he says, I don't care what you do or who you kill, or I'm just sweet and love. I just love everybody. Don't care what you do. That's not true. Jesus is not standing at a door saying, all I care about is just loving everybody and I want them to just be happy no matter who they murder, no matter wh what drugs are on. I just want them to be happy. That's not what Jesus said. He is telling you he loves you and he will give you the power to draw you into a brand new life, the life you were created to have. So let's listen to the real Jesus. You blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. You may clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Then I'm skipping a two, two or three verses. And full of hypocrisy and iniquity. In other words, you're fake. What you are on the outside, that's not what you really are. So do I have to say that Jesus was not saying you have to be absolutely perfect or I'm not going to love you. That's not what he was saying. How many knows that he's going to love you even if you determine you're going to go to hell? He's going to love you. See, the world says that can't be love. If there's any judgment, then there can be no love involved. That's what the world is telling us. We're in the most mixed up, crazy world that there has ever been. But I'd say pretty much from the beginning of time, they've been trying to say that if you love, then you have to let me do anything I want. That's, that's of course, kookiness. So Jesus says this. I want you to hear it. I know you don't, you may not think it's a good fit for this message, but he stood against things. Listen what he said. Ye serpents. You generation of vipers. That's what he said. You're a bunch of snakes. How can you escape the damnation of hell? That's what Jesus said. He didn't say, oh, there's no hell, just, just so everybody loves each other. And, and if I can just knock on this door for a few moments here and just let everybody know that I just love everybody, no matter what. I don't, if you don't believe in God, that's okay. I still, you still can come to heaven. No, no he didn't say it. He didn't believe it. He provided a real way because folks want to tell you there really is a hell and there really is a heaven and you need to get ready for it. Jesus is coming. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Come on. Let's thank God for truth that gets people out of sin into righteousness. Lord, I know we may fail. We may have all kinds of problems, but you will keep us in your care because you love and care for us. But you're not going to lie to us. Praise God. Praise God. All right. So Jesus, here we go. Next one. He was moved to a holy anger at sin. 
And of course, this picture, I'm, I'm going to go quickly now. So here's the, here this, somebody painted this of him uh, going into the temple and uh, chasing out the uh, money changers. So he got angry at those that sinned against the house of God. And I, I want to say this because I, I know there are people. Well, how many heard about the Texas church where every single member of that church just about was just killed just a few days ago? So I want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm saying it on purpose. I, uh, our children are in kids' chapel. All right? We're living in a very bizarre hour. A very bizarre hour. When, uh, and uh, it's just all around us. We do not need to be making, uh, I, I, don't mean, I don't mean that. I was going to say make light, but that, that may, I may not convey what I'm trying to say. We don't need to be taking it. Do you understand what I, Yeah, taking it lightly. That's the expression I was trying to use. Does that make sense to take it lightly? Sister French, what do I mean? Take it lightly, is that right? Don't take it. Uh, <laughs> come up here and teach this, Sister French. Um, yeah, don't take the house of God for granted or lightly or uh, like. Uh, and, and, and I'm worried because I know some people are going to think, I mean, well, if you're not perfect and you don't hear your nails aren't clipped just right. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a, a not being a hypocrite to where you you really are not serving God at all. Your heart is completely uh, corroded with sin, but you're putting on a front. I would never folks. This is not a day to be living like that. You need to be getting closer to God than you ever have before. So and, and there's several other things, but we'll skip that. And uh, n next uh, slide. Uh, how many more do I have? Do I have one, two, one, two. Oh, help us, Jesus. OK, he had compassion. His compassion was repeatedly demonstrated in the feeding. Uh, let me just do it like this. I want to get past this quickly. So you see the picture here. Someone's painted this. Of Oh, next, next slide. Uh, thank you. There we are. So um, he fed the hungry. So his, he had compassion on the hungry, had compassion on the sick. We'll read this one. This, this is Matthew 20 where the blind man came, Lord, that our eyes may be open. I said, man, of course, th there's multiple blind, two blind men here, I guess. Lord, that our eyes may be open, they cried out. And Jesus uh, had compassion on them. And, of course, uh, here in Luke 16, the rich man who went to hell couldn't be bothered with the hunger of Lazarus. If he, went and watched, if he needs to eat, he ought to work. See? Compassionlessness. Now, I know that people should work and people should be honest and all these things, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a heart that cannot have compassion. You need to, you need to break through that. Maybe, maybe you need to talk to someone about why you, why you can't feel for other people. All right. And so uh, the rich man said, of course, that was his money. He was way above old Lazarus. Lazarus had uh, sores and everything else. And Lazarus died. The script, so, so that's that. All right. Now let's go to the sick. Matthew 14. And Jesus said, 
I mean, and Jesus saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick because of all the sick he saw in their midst. So the blind, the lepers, the demon possessed and those sorrowing with death. Let's go to the next one because I'm going to kind of go quickly here. And so he had compassion on the brokenhearted. Now, I wanted you to see this picture. Then I covered it up with this new living translation of the funeral procession. But I want you to see this picture. It's not a particularly famous picture, but oh, my goodness. Are you able to turn these lights off? for me uh, without too much trouble. Okay, okay, uh, that's a little better. Um, I, I, okay, I'm just going to see if you can see it. I'm going to ask you if you see what it is. Okay, can you see this lady? What is she doing? She has her hands up. She's praising God. And what about this guy here and this guy? This picture was, uh, I mean, you wouldn't have seen that. You wouldn't see this years ago. So these guys are back here. Jesus comes, this young boy, the Bible calls him a boy, not a man. And the, I, uh, I, I, I can't see. I'm so close. I can't. I guess this is the mother. And, and so let's read it. The, this is the new living. The funeral procession was coming out as he approached the city of Nain. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. And that touched the heart of Jesus. You see, I wonder why he stopped this funeral procession. He didn't stop every funeral procession, but he was moved with compassion. He was right there, and they were. the Bible's clear. He was coming in, and they were coming out, and he saw the mother, and she was weeping, and he was moved with compassion. That's someone else's tears. I get a little frustrated people, uh, you know, Brother French, you, you need to be tough. Man. You should be tough. You should have told him. Some guy come around, you know, and I know he's been here. This is at least his fifth time here. Yeah, we ought to just kick you. Come on, let's kick him together. <laughs> I know he's been here five times. I know he's... Uh, I know him. I know him. I know his name now. He's gotten so common the other night, he came right in and walked right through the altar. Gave me a hug. And he, and he had another son. Every, he's had at least, well, I don't want to overstate it, but I, I would say two dozen sons died since I've known him. My son died. Oh, forever my son died. And one time I tried to say, now listen, you, you, you surely you, he didn't, you, you're sure, he, is he dead? Oh, he's dead. Oh, oh, oh. And I've tried, I said, one time went out and got in the back of his car, in his trunk, and I said, you've got to stop eating out of the back of your car like this. You've you, you got to stop it. You've you got to get help. You're, you need help. I'll help you every way I can. Oh, man, you ought to, uh, to tell him to stay off our property. You know what I did? I said, I love you, man. I love you. Now, you need to get help. What can I do to help you? I tell you what, I would rather be thought a fool having compassion than to show no compassion whatsoever. That's how I feel about it. Praise God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I love that picture. 
So he jumps out. The Bible describes it. He jumps out of the buyer. He's dead. Jesus reaches over and touches him. The people go, oh, because that was completely against ceremony. And he touches the buyer. And then the mother's startled. And all of a sudden, the boy just jumps out of the buyer. And everybody see him over there. Wow, they're praising God. Hallelujah. Why don't we praise God together and thank him for all the lives he's going to touch, all the people he can touch. We want to be like him. We want to serve him. We want to praise him. Okay, let's end with this. He, let's go to the next one. He championed the needy and the common person. And there you have a, uh, I don't know who did this, but it's a photo type uh, thing of the widow. And she's putting her might. He championed her. Folks, we need to quit worshiping Hollywood. We need to quit loving money. Folks, we should be loving people. Now, if you're blessed, and you, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having money. I, I wouldn't care if you were the richest person in the world. Wouldn't bother me a bit. I wouldn't treat you any differently. I wouldn't think any differently about you if you were the richest human being that walked in Georgia today. But if you think that's going to put you in special relationship with God, you're wrong. Money can't buy it. But there is a God that cares no matter who you are, what you've got, where you've been. He sees you putting that little two mites in there. But Jesus said, that's not all. I want to tell you how this touches my heart. She put everything she had in that offer. He didn't normally tell people's business, but he said that was every little penny she had in the world. Praise God. So never forget the lesson of the manger. He could have come to a palace, but he didn't. He came to a lowly manger. Praise God. Let's stand, shall we? And let's lift our voices. Let's pray. We're going to be dismissed, but thank you for thinking about how to be like the Lord. In, in December, let's try to be more and more like Jesus. Can we lift our hands and praise him, Father, right now? I want to be like you, Lord. I want to serve you. I want to know you. I want to know your word. I want to know the truth. I want to be a better man, a better dad, a better preacher. Let me walk, Lord, as you walk. Let me follow your steps, Lord. Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I praise you, Jesus. And I praise you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's been, I've, I, I've, I've just completely captivated. I've been wanting to teach uh, just on Jesus for so long. I can hardly, uh, it's just been exciting. But let's bow our heads. We're going to be dismissed. Father, right now, go with us. Touch each life, each one. I know some are struggling financially. I pray for a blessing this holiday that will alleviate some of their the strain that they're under. I ask God for healing. I pray for help. Put marriages, put homes, put things back together. Provide the job people need. Lord, just let your will be done. And thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. Now turn to your neighbor, shake hands, greet our guests. You're dismissed. We love you tonight. God bless you.